Good evening, nerds and nerdettes, and welcome to another episode of the Your Inner Nerd Podcast. Along me, alongside me, as always, excuse me, is my good friend, Skylar. How are you doing, Skylar? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. And joining us today, a very special guest, as seen on Netflix's Sing On, Mr. Frankie Chinna. How are you doing, Frankie? Hi, guys. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join the Your Inner Nerd podcast. Where me personally, I was a big fan of Sing On. And whenever I saw your episode, I thought Netflix was cheating the system and they had got a professional singer in there. And I was like, this is rigged from the get-go because this guy's too good. Uh, that's very kind. Thank you. It wasn't rigged. It was all, I promised you it was 100% real. We had no idea what was going to happen. I did not know I was going to win. Oh, sorry if that was a spoiler. But uh... <laughs> So I have to say, you, you have somewhat of a fanboy. I am a fanboy. I watch, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie, I do watch your covers and stuff all the time on YouTube. So we're going to throw that out there. So I was really excited to see you on. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it was such a dream come true. And I had so much fun doing it. And to be on a Netflix show, like it just, it felt so, so great. So I'm, I'm glad that people liked it and I get DMs about it all the time. And it's, it's just so cool. So I was wondering, of course, I watched, I was one of the many that watched the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm. And we know Titus was on that show. What was it like, like meeting him? Is he just as flamboyant and extravagant? <laughs> he is just that flamboyant and extravagant. There were some diva moments on set, but more than that, he's just so nice and so good at his job and so quick. There was just, there was never a need for a retake. There was never a need for a retake caused by him. There were some needs <laughs> for retakes that were other people's fault. And that's where the diva moment would come out here and there. But he was so great and so nice. And yeah, oh, dream come true to work with him too. Awesome. Awesome. So, so go ahead, Sid. Oh, I was just going to say, so I don't want to get too far off topic and, and I enjoy talking about Sing On because it's, you know, we'll, we'll be discussing that shortly, but I do want to like, have you introduce yourself a little bit. Just tell us more about you. I, mean, I know a lot about you. Darian knows quite a bit about you. So just tell us more though. Yeah. You know, my name is Frankie Chenna. I do consider myself a nerd. I love math. I was on the high school debate team. I was the nerdy kid. I did lots of community service and I always thought I could take my my nerdiness and combine it with my other passions to hopefully one day make an entertainment career. And that inner nerd created a speech and debate school in Vancouver, Canada, which now has over 300 students and employs my mom and wow. myself and my sister. Wow. Yeah, thank you. That, that nerd became Mr. Canada and competed at the Mr. World competition and was in the top 10 and got to work as a host for Miss World. So yeah, I guess those are like my, some of my main highlights, but just to anyone who feels like they are a nerd, I really think that that nerds can rule the world and do rule the world. And I'm still like, I still call myself one. You know, nerd isn't a bad term though. I, I Over the years, like when, probably when we were younger, like when you were called a nerd, it was like an insult, but now mm -hmm. it's just like, me, I don't know. I find like when someone's, oh, that person's a nerd and I'm like, that's sexy. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go, 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 go. I was going to say, but you took yours in a great way. Like you became a fierce competitor mm. with that inner nerd. So it's really amazing to see that. Mm -hmm. I just, I love competition so much. Like it's probably a problem to a slight degree, <laughs> but it's also gotten me to where I am from board games to math competitions to debate 
And then just like reality shows, I've competed on Price is Right, Let's Make a Deal, Family Feud, Canada's Smartest Person, and Sing On. And I've done pretty well on, on all of my shows. So it's that competitive, you know, spirit inside me. Can I say my favorite one was the the caveman outfit? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes. Let's make a deal. Yep. You have to wear it. You have to wear a, a costume. And even that costume and that personality and that everything I do on these shows, I research. Like it's, of course it's me. It's a hundred percent me, but it's a version of me. The way I am at Mr. World is different than the way I am at Let's Make a Deal. Because mm-hmm. if you don't adapt to these circumstances, then you're never going to like achieve the result that you want. If I acted like my math debate self, I probably wouldn't have been on the show. So it's, you have to always be yourself, but know the different versions of yourself when you're trying to compete. Almost like tapping into each version. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. So I like to pride myself on my research and I did some digging. So I just had a question cause this stuck out to me the most. Okay. okay. I saw that when you were nine, you were part of a, a choir group that performed at the Royal Palace for the Queen. Yes. So how, how, if you can go back that far, how was that? Like, were they doing like security sweeps on nine-year-old choir boys or? That's a very big, that's a very, uh, a very big dig. There we go. That's a very deep dig. There we go. That's what I want to say. Okay. So very deep dig. You know what? Surprisingly, the security was not intense. Like I was probably like two arms lengths away from her. And I really don't even recall any sort of check. I was nine. So that was 20 yeah. years ago. So like I, maybe my memory is like lost, but I just, I remember it being like not a big deal. So maybe, I don't know, maybe times have changed. Darian, you also have to realize that it's not the United States. So it's not as like yes, aggressive. Really, that's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. for us, everything is really aggressive, but yeah. But I know I think it's well, a, a, that's great a really question. good point. Like our our prime minister does not have a barricade. He does not ever like he walks in groups like in parades and stuff. Like so, I think Canada is a little different than America. <laughs> Where we can we can't have that. <laughs> I wish no, we could. No. But no, I think it's a that was a great that's a great question, and it, it's probably it was like a huge honor to be able to perform in front of somebody of such royalty yeah it was very cool (laughs) also another thing i wanted to talk about just quickly we could touch on it i saw also that you won best presenter at what 2018 global beauties Mm -hmm. yeah so like the pageant world i don't know how much you guys know about it i didn't know you know that much before getting into it but there's four major beauty pageants in the world. So Miss Universe obviously is most known in America. Miss World is quite well known in Latin America, Europe, and Asia. And then there's Miss Earth and Miss International. Those ones are more fringe. But basically there's awards for the best contestant, the best costume, the best host, all these different things of kind of all of the pageants of the year. Yeah, I I beat Steve Harvey that year, which was pretty cool, a pretty big (laughs) honor as well. So yeah, I really appreciated that from them. That that was my next point is how did it feel to beat out somebody like as well known as Steve Harvey? Because Steve Harvey, I grew up watching like the original Kings of Comedy Of course, he's got the Steve Harvey show and he hosts uh, the pageant. Like, how did it feel to beat somebody? 
I like, I bow down to host royalty. And it's funny, when I first hosted Miss World, I looked at the list of people who had hosted it. Jerry Springer hosted oh Miss gosh. World. Oh <laughs> like, I know. Phil Kogan from The Amazing Race, Pierce Brosnan, and James Bond. Like, oh they hosted Miss World before me, and I'm on a Wikipedia list with these people. And it is like, it was, a, again, I say dream come true a lot, but I really believe that you should have big dreams and you should follow them and pursue them and achieve them. So when I say a dream come true, I, I, I mean it. And to beat someone like Steve, he is royalty on Family Feud. I don't know if he's royalty at Miss Universe. He has had some slip ups and sometimes he looks a bit like rugged. So I was like very honored to beat him, but I was also like, anyways, yeah, you get what I mean. But it's still great, like a great feeling to be able to another host and actually does things like the competitive side where he hosts Family Feud, things like that. So it's seeing that and being able to do that, be like, I beat this guy out. It was yeah, probably just a huge feat. Yeah, it was it was very cool. And my my biggest dream, honestly, is to host a game show. So he's he is in the spot that I want to be and Phil Kogan hosting The Amazing Race. Like, I'm, I hope that I'm on the right track every day. I just have to pray that I am on the right track and that one day the things that I want will come. Do you have a dream game show that you want to host? If you could pick one. Oh gosh. Uh, I, again, like this is the nerd in me. Like I've watched pretty much all of them. Amazing race, uh, survivor, big brother, American idol, the mole, the voice, uh, like, Oh, jeopardy wheel of fortune. Uh, I love big brother. I think big brother would be the one for me. I love the way that the host gets to engage and mm. it's three days a week, which is nice. And I, I love Julie Chen. That's probably up there. Can I just see what I see you as? Like, literally oh. a, a modern day, like Ellen, like having her own show like Ellen, where she does that. She does, how she gets to do the game of games and have all these different things that she can do. But like having your own show and being able to do all those different things would be really cool. And I could see you doing that and succeeding at that. Yeah, I mean, that the world to me, obviously, Ryan, Seacrest and Ellen have the dream career. They have they have it all. Ellen has game of games. Ryan has the radio show. So, of course, in the biggest version of my dream, I'm doing all those things. <laughs> Um, but yeah, baby steps. So Skylar, I'm fanboying harder than you are and hogging up all the time. Do you got any questions? <laughs> um, I do. You, well, what I would like to do is I would like to ask this question. So like what reality or competitive TV show are you currently binging? Do you have one that you binge right now? Yeah, it's low season because a lot of them were canceled because of COVID. So right. for example, like we missed out on um, a season of Survivor and then, yeah, it's just, it's like low tide right now. Sequester is like a fringe YouTube reality show that was created by a Big Brother contestant. I just finished that. It was really good. And then Big Brother Canada starts early March. I'll probably watch that because of COVID. It'll be my first time. And uh, Drag Race. I'm watching Drag Race. Uh, drag race. I'm, new, I'm new to Drag Race. You're actually. new. You're Wait, new. You're new? I know. I'm a bad. I'm a bad LGBTQ member. I guess. No, <laughs> but yeah, I only started Drag Race last year because of Canada. I was asked to do a podcast, and Neil, who who asked me to do the podcast with him. He like really thought I did a good job and then we did the whole season and then he's now forcing me to watch this season of the American ones. I'm loving it. I'm a big Utica fan. I'm, I'm rooting for her and then Simone. I think Simone is going to take it this season. Yep, Simone. Um, <laughs> those are my predictions. 
If you get a chance ever to watch some of the past drag races, my personal favorite, and I have said this so many times, is season six because it has Bianca Del Rio. And okay. she won it. Sorry, okay. I spoiled it. But she's such an amazing, <laughs> I know, I'm not a spoiler, but she's such an amazing drag queen because she has everything like to it the the fashion the quick wit all of that she's just so amazing so i think if you watch that one you would really enjoy it there's a lot of seasons obviously but drag race has become such a huge thing even in america it's one of the top rated shows right now yeah which is amazing it is and i'm i'm getting involved and i'm really trying to get into it more and i'm doing my best with this season and i'm watching every episode so i'm doing my part you are doing your part. That's what matters. And since we're on this topic, I would like to know, like, <clears throat> at what age did you come out? And how did your come out story, like, how did yours end? Yeah, I'm 29. And I came out at 26. So it's only been three years. And I was with a, a girl before that for three years. And the plan was for us to get married and have kids. And, and I was genuinely in love with that person at that time. But I did know that there was another side of me that I had yet to explore, another version of myself. And then at the age of 26, I broke up with her. I started to secretly go on dating apps, looking, seeking men. And then I met my now partner, who I've been with for three years, and we fell in love. And I decided to come out for him because obviously being uh, in the closet wasn't going to work to have right. a serious relationship. And the rest is history. I did a video because that's the kind of person I am. I like to share my milestones and that's obviously a milestone. And now we live together in Toronto with our dog, Boo, and everything's going great. Your Frenchie. I love your Frenchie. Is it a girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a girl. So cute. <laughs> yes, she's very sweet and cute. Your family was pretty accepting then? I, I imagine so. Yeah, I was so lucky. I was so lucky. Uh, my parents were very accepting and... Yeah, I don't have a negative story from this, and I'm so happy that I don't. Yeah, and the advice I, yeah, no, that's, yeah, I was, it was good. That's great. That's great news. Like a lot of people, it's good to focus, a lot of people focus on the negative. And like when I ask a question like that, I don't want, I don't want to hear, it's not like I don't want to hear it. I will hear a negative story, but I don't want it to be the main focus. If there's a positive story behind it, like the world needs to hear that. So other people are, have that muse or understand oh. it. Yeah, yeah. The, the word that I like to use is that it was just so normal. That was the thing I was so afraid of was how abnormal am I going to seem or how abnormal is this going to, to cause my life? But it was just so like normal. And that was the best feeling in the world. That's great. So one of the things I was wondering, which I love the idea, I myself do social work. So Whenever I saw how you have the FDT Speech and Debate Academy and you're helping kids and all that stuff, it really touched me. So what got you inspired to work with kids? Yeah, I've worked with kids like really my whole life. In high school, volunteerism was very important to me and I just tried to help out in as many different ways that, that I could. My family did not have a lot of money, so we, my parents always gave me what I needed to like move on to the next chapter of my life. But we definitely didn't have a lot of luxuries. So I just, I've always just tried to, to give what I can. And, and in high school, that was time. And then in university, it was still time where I would volunteer at my high school. And I coached there speech and debate for five years. And we really just had some amazing results nationally. And my students did so, so well. And then it turned into a part-time job, a full-time job, and now an academy. And obviously now my academy charges. So we're 
we're not doing volunteer work, but we have a bursary system where we don't turn anyone away and anyone who, who has a passion for speech and debate, we just ask them, what can you afford? And that's what we charge them. Even now where I can't give my time, I'm trying to do other things to, to help inspire people. And I hope that some of the work that I do and the shows that I'm on and the academy, I just, I hope that it's all coming together and I'm doing my part. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thanks. You're really good at a lot of things. Like you just have a list of things that you're really awesome at. So, you know, you have your your debate academy, you're awesome at being a competitor. Is there something that you're not good at? Or is there something secretly you're not good at? Yes, I'm very short. So that's sometimes, <laughs> I call that something I'm not good at. I'm not good at being tall. I am not good at handwriting. My penmanship is extremely bad. I'm not a good dancer. And then one thing that I wasn't good at, which I have improved upon, was I was not athletic as a kid. Now I'm in the gym five days a week and I've worked really hard on my physique. And I don't always think that you should waste time on the things you're not good at in life. But that was one thing that I did devote a lot of my time to was fixing my health and my body and my athleticism. And now I do adventure races and I I did a physique competition. And yeah, again, the takeaway here is don't, if you're shit at something, you shouldn't necessarily try to become good at it because that's a big waste of your time. But if it's something that's important to you or integral to your like personal fulfillment, then you should. So physique was one thing, but dancing and handwriting and my height, they all remain poorly done. For your physique and your physical health, though, I'm doing the same thing. You have COVID. It's, well, I better start working out. So I do, I use the Peloton like every day. Nice. But it's important. You feel better when you do, mm-hmm. when you work out. And I think that's what's really important. It's not even physical health. It's mental health, too. You, you feel good when you can't go out and you can't do things right now. Totally. It's important to keep those happy. Yes, absolutely. So... I know you're very limited, so one last question before you get a bounce on us. Also, for those of you that don't see what I'm seeing right now, Sid literally has a bicycle pump, and the the hose is going into Frankie's ear, and Sid is just pumping his head full of himself just over and over again, <laughs> saying how good he is at everything. But anyways, anyways, so we've seen your public profile. Is there any, like, secret nerdy thing that you're into? For example, you know, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, comic books, mm-hmm. things like that? Okay. I am definitely an open book. Like when it comes to things that I love, I'm just trying to think, what do I nerd out about most? I love board games like a lot. I have about maybe 70 in my closet right now. Holy Um, So I love (laughs) board games very much. And I like, I think I like fringe weird board games because I don't have a lot of board games that are on like the top 10 list. Like I love Cranium. I love Coup. I love... I love new board games that are like that are just released because I find them to be very like intelligent. And then other than that, you know, I've watched almost every season of the reality shows that I love: Survivor, Big Brother, Amazing Race. No comic books, no superheroes, no figurines, no collectibles. I'm about to cut this discussion short because oh that's all I like. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. How far do you think you would make it on Survivor, honestly? Because I probably would get hungry within the first 45 minutes. (laughs) You know what? It is such a freaking dream to be on Survivor. And a few weeks ago, I actually very lucky, like in a really random way, met a casting producer. And I'm just going to keep on pushing that 
as far as I can push it because I would love to be on Survivor like so, so, so badly. And I think I would do very well. I'm, you saw me on Sing On and you saw that. (laughs) You, I don't know how much you saw my strategy. Like, oh, I, I saw it. <laughs> I, I think most people, ninety percent of people, when they watch me on Sing On, they're not really seeing strategy. But I've gotten some DMs from friends and like reality show lovers who are just like, "Oh my god!" Like, I saw exactly what you were doing there, and I knew exactly what you were thinking at this moment. And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." And you were cutting the competition. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, my competitors weren't really thinking that way. You can just tell. <laughs> So anyways, anyways, I would freaking love Big Brother or Survivor. That is that is a huge dream. So one thing I have to say before you go, I know I keep saying this, but and I know you're really busy and I'm so sorry, but okay. the situ- situation on Sing On, <clears throat> I absolutely loved because you side with the youngest one there <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm going to go with you. And then she, the next round, she actually does this weird weird thing yeah and i was just like oh my gosh no it's she just eliminated herself and i was like i feel really bad but it's that was strategic (laughs) yeah yeah i did want to go to the end with her that was honest but did i predict that she was gonna mess up i don't know as you said she's super young so i think it just all got to her and and i think it was like uh i think she was in her head from that last that last song Sadly, yes. And so was my final competitor. He was also in his head in our last song. So I really lucked out and and I obviously got rid of the best singer, the best singers actually early on because I knew that they were going to beat me in the end. So. But is that really the case? Like you won. Doesn't that make you the best singer? (laughs) You know, I'll take, I'll take flattery all day long and you guys have been so kind and thank you. But I actually don't. I really think that Elise was a much better singer than me. I think that, oh my God, his name has just lost me and I feel so bad. But the first guy that was eliminated, the opera singer, I think he is a better singer than me. No, I was the smartest though. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. There were several times when I was watching the show and, and, your strategy was coming into play in the back of my head. I was just going, you sneaky bitch. <laughs> I, I, I won because I was the most strategic, not because I was the best singer. That's being competitive and that's, you're in a competitive competition. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We don't want to take any more of your time. We really do appreciate you coming on to our podcast. We are going to plug every single one of yep. your Twitter, your Instagram, anything that we can. Just because, of course, you're here. We want to sh- share your stuff with the world and people that listen to us and our friends and things like that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. 